And kind of going along with our Position for Peace um, series, uh, today is, or Position series, today is Position for Peace. I told Pastor Keith, I was like, I don't know if anybody preached it before, but we can always use a little more peace. Amen? Amen. So if somebody did preach it before, I apologize. Not only do I apologize for that, but if you remember the last time I preached, we shut the church down for two and a half months. So I'm not sure what's going to happen today, but I apologize ahead of time. So whatever happens, happens, and, but we got a good message this morning. I'm excited about it. Uh, the God's, been, the God's been working on me for four and a half months on a, on a message similar to this, but just the, it, he's just been um, really taking me from glory to glory, from peace to peace, amen? And I just I have to share it with you because, as you know, as a, as a minister... We share whenever God beats on us with you and when God blesses us, you know. So, unfortunately, with the Lord, the beatings are the same as the blessings. So, the blessings are always good. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to be reading today out of Mark chapter 6, verses 45 to 52. Mark chapter 6, verses 45 to 52. If Nate Varilla is here, that is the New Testament, Nate. I'll give you guys some time to find it. I'll do a little break dancing or something. Woo. Woo. <laughs> okay, Mark chapter 6, verses 45 to 52. <clears throat> Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead, ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up to on, a, on the mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw his disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves, their hearts were hardened. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your word. Father, I thank you for your power and your presence in our lives. Today, Father, though, I'm, I'm asking for just a double portion of that peace that surpasses all understanding for everybody here this morning. I pray, Father, a spirit of understanding, of wisdom. I pay, pray for clarity of thought that your word will not return void this morning and that it would penetrate our possibly hardened hearts. I pray, Father, that um, uh, we would absorb your word and be not only hearers, but doers of the same. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody says, Amen. 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 So, uh, as Mark was, was um, recording this here, I noticed he said that Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. In essence, he commanded them, get in the boat. You know, so... Um, I was first service. I really picked on my wife too, so I'm not going to do that this time. When I was growing up, I had a very good example of God in my dad, in the in the dad that raised me, and um, he was a strong man, but he was is equally loving. Same way with God. God loves us, you know, and he he chastises those he loves. And there were a lot of times whenever if my dad gave you a command, you better listen to it, you know, otherwise you'd get slapped behind the head or. Somehow you got a size 10 work boot in your rear end. But same thing here. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. Now, there had to have been a reason for that. There had to have been a reason because when somebody's commanding us to do something, like for me, I'm, I'm an idiot. I tell people this all the time. God knows I'm an idiot, and I always tell them that. I would say, Lord, you know I'm an idiot. I need your direction. 
tell me what to do because I don't know. That's how much of an idiot I am. So um, well, I'm really hard on myself today. But so how, do you, how many of you know that sometimes we need God to direct us? Amen? God needs God sometimes he just has to do that. He has to command you, do this. And, and you do it. And every time, every time at the end of that command, it's something that's always good for us. Amen? Um, you know, like the, like the psalmist said, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. How many times do we need somebody to say, listen, you need to breathe. You need to take a break. Just because there's 24 hours in a day doesn't mean you have to fulfill all of them with something, you know. I mean, there's times whenever I'll, honestly, in my 50 years now, one of the biggest things I've learned was the ability to say no. I know that sounds crazy, but um, because at one point in my life, I was a, yep, I can do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then I began to realize, you know what? I'm busy. I don't have time to do hardly anything. And I noticed at that time in my life, peace was pretty absent. Peace was pretty absent from my life at that time because I was so busy occupying myself with all the things that this world has to offer. And it just, it, it was, I, I just really lacked peace. So I noticed here when, when Jesus, uh, Mark tells us that he went up on the mountainside to pray. So understand something this morning. Jesus was 100% divine, 100% human. And even he needed a break. So take a break. All right? What you're going to find in today's message is a, is a progression towards peace. Okay? It's, it's kind of the steps necessary to reach that level of peace that God wants us to be at. With all the chaos and calamity in the world, he needs you to be at peace so that he can use you. Amen? So you're going to find that we're, we have a progression going here. So um, this is one of the first steps in the progression of peace is getting away. Jesus went up on the mountainside to pray. Why? Because he needed to get away. Even he recognized that he needed some alone time with the Father. You know, two things I learned since being a Christian. Number one, there is a God. And number two, I'm not him. And if Jesus even needed a, needed a break, my goodness, you know, how much more do we need breaks? So don't ever be afraid. I don't want to give you excuses to say no and become lazy. But, but don't ever be afraid to say no sometimes. Pray about it. Don't just, you know, I mean, tell somebody no simply because I'm telling you to say no. But, um, yeah, use that discernment that God gives us. And, and he will. He'll direct your path. But because um, prior to our scripture reading today, you know, Jesus had just got done feeding the 5,000. So he must have been tired and just needed that break. He needed to separate his, himself from those folks that he was with in order to refresh his, that spirit. You know, how many times do we need to do that? You know, we just we have to be able to know that we're not we're not going to offend everybody if we tell them no that we need some time alone, amen, amen. So um, there's a, there's another aspect to getting some time alone, and that's not battling everything that we perceive as evil, amen. I I, know I say this and say this, but there's many times that Christians feel that they are the sword bearer for every Christian that's walking this earth, you know, and like they have to battle everything. You know, well, there's many times, you know, when somebody will call me about a particular situation, sure, I'll say, well, yeah, you know, I'll pray about it and, and I'll let you know. And um, so when that happens, in that moment, I'm praying to the Lord for discernment and wisdom. Is this my battle? Is this something, Lord, do you want me to engage in? Because how many of you know that, honestly, the battle's already won? Amen. 
Jesus, yeah, the worst thing that can happen to you, that could happen to any of us, was sin and death. And Jesus nailed it to the cross. So that's done. So that battle's done. But we do still face adversity, trials, and troubles in this world. But, um, but positioning yourself for that peace that surpasses all understanding requires you to be able to discern what battles you should be engaging in and what battles you shouldn't. Amen? Good. Good. So you got that part because there's another progression in this uh, positioning yourself for peace. So I love this part. When Jesus saw the disciples straining at the oars. Listen, I'm going to tell you a secret this morning that I'm sure it's not a secret to you. God sees everything. Amen? He sees you and he sees your struggles. He knows what you're going through. He's not surprised whenever you start to pray to him about a particular issue or a trouble or a trial or something that's going on in this world that's really affecting you. He knows it. What really surprises God about us is maybe sometimes how long it takes for us to bring that prayer to him. You know, because we want to try to control everyone and everything around us to the point where we don't allow God into that situation. You know, if you're going to be in his way, then he's not, he can't move. He can't work in that situation. But, you know, well, you guys have heard the old saying, well, all we can do now is pray. You know, that's, that's silliness. Because if you maybe would have started out praying, you might not have had so much heartache in the circumstance you're in. Amen? So I loved how, how um, Jesus saw them straining at the oars. And because at that moment, like the wind was against them, the, the waves are just crashing this boat, and the water is just beating the daylights out of the disciples. But what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do? He walks on the very thing that's troubling his disciples. Just walks right on the water. Amen? And he will put everything under his feet that's affecting you today. Everything that's within your heart that's possibly separating you from the Lord and being, being able to be used by him and have a true and honest and real relationship with God, it's, it's right in here, and he will reveal it to you. Amen? Once again, it's like I told you before, the worst thing that can happen is in, to us in this world was sin and death, and Jesus nailed that to the cross. So now, for an unbeliever, the worst thing that can happen is eternally separation, or being eternally separated from God in hell. I can't imagine that. So, so I love how Jesus puts everything under his feet. So in our step progression piece that we're searching for here, keeping in mind that everything is under Jesus' feet. Amen? Amen. There's a reason why, you know, Jesus said to us in John 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Now, why do he say that? Why do he make that clear that I don't give as the world gives? He said that because what the world has to offer you is only temporary. Amen? If you're putting your faith in that, that's dangerous. Yep, that's very scary. He even said, you know, don't put your, your hope in things where rust and moth will destroy. When we do that, it's temporary. So if you're focusing on the good things that are temporary, the bad things can very easily become permanent. <laughs> so, because you're not looking for the solution to these bad things. But um, a lot of Christians too as well, they want to look at Psalm 37 verse 4 where it says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Sure, that seems like a, a, a pretty and perfect world, but if God were to give us all the desires of our heart, that's scary. Why? Because, the, well, the psalmist here was very careful to say, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Because if you're not in right relationship with God, if you're not taking delight in the Lord, then your desires are probably evil. 
And if you're going to ask God for certain things that are evil, you're going to have trouble. And you are never going to find peace. Because everything you're going to get is going to be temporary. It's not going to be permanent. Why? Because in Jeremiah 17 and 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things. So you don't even know what you want. But the psalmist was careful to say, Take delight in the Lord. Because if you are delighting in the Lord, you are more than likely in right relationship with him. And your desires become his desires. Amen? See, that's, that's always been my prayer to, to God was break my heart for what breaks yours. Amen? I love whenever God begins to reveal things to me that I didn't even know before. You know, and, it, and it's, all he's doing is reflecting his heart and mine. And it's so powerful when that happens. But... Um, so years ago, when I finally submitted to the, the will of God in my life, he began to give me the desires of my heart, but not the desires that I thought, you know, I originally thought that I wanted. You know, now I want peace in my life. I want peace in my family's life. I want peace all around me, where I, my coworkers, everywhere I go. And I, and I want people to be set free from the sin that so easily entangles them. See, these desires that he has in my heart now today were nothing like they were prior to, to knowing him. So when you're in right relationship with the Lord, your desires are going to change. You're going to have those needs, and, and, and whatever the Lord wants to put into your life is going to align with his will, and you're going to be happy for it. Amen? So once again, this is another step in this positioning yourself for peace process. Um, the, one of the best things... I've received anyway as a gift from the Lord is, is, is an ability in, in this piece to be able to have a, go through a difficult circumstance. And all of a sudden, what happens is I begin to see through the eyes of Christ. And all of a sudden, this circumstance or this difficulty isn't as bad as what I originally thought. Because now I can, I can begin to see the externals in this thing. There's other things, other factors involved that led to this particular issue. And so my, my heart then maybe isn't as broken because of the situation, because I understand it better. But with this, with this I guess, quest for peace, so to speak, um, God gives us that spiritual eyesight, and you begin to see things in a whole different way. Now listen, here's a, here's a, if you get nothing from this message today, I want you to understand this. And I, I thought it was amazing, too, how this, our praise and worship fell right in with kind of today's message, the main theme of it. But um, peace is a process by which God takes what the devil meant for evil and he turns it for your good. Amen? Get that this morning. If you get nothing else, peace is a process by which God takes what the devil meant for evil and he turns it for your good. See, the peace that God provides elevates a believer to an aerial view of a, a difficulty, a situation, a trial, a tribulation. And I can kind of equate this thing to uh, when I was stationed at Fort Benning, Georgia, we were trained how to build what's called a sand table. All it was was a, um, just an illustration or a model of a battlefield that you're getting ready to enter. So as we're in this, it's a, about a 10-foot square area. We've received information from military intelligence, reconnaissance platoons, and various forward-observing squads. So you put all this information together, and now you have an overhead view of the battlefield. It's the same way with when we begin to see through the eyes of Christ. You now have an overhead view of your difficulties and, your, and the situations that you're going through. Now you have an advantage because you have information about the enemy who's coming at you right now. 
you know, when I walk blindly into a, into a battlefield, I don't know if there's a, an enemy bunker, you know, 400 meters to the south, southwest, you know, but from getting all this information and, 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 and in, if kind of relating this thing to peace, all our information's in the Bible about our enemy. Amen? You can learn all you want about him. So um, as, we're, as we're, we're looking at this sand table, we're putting together, we're developing and formulating a plan. A plan not just to attack, but a plan to defend. Because sometimes we don't always want to be on the attack. Amen? So with that information, you're now at a point where you have a better understanding. And then the enemy can't sneak in and steal your peace as, easy as, he did, as easily as he would before. Amen? See, God wants us to see things from his perspective. Why? Because from that vantage point, we can, he can better use us for his purpose and our peace. Amen? And when you're going through something, it's, you always want to, I don't want to defeat the problem at first because there's always something to learn. So I want to ask for knowledge and wisdom and battling this thing, and then we'll defeat it. Amen? Because there's always a process of learning. We always grow through the, through the, the, the struggles. Amen? So, but I was looking here, and, um, and I realized when he said in verse 48, he was about to pass them by. In my mind, I'm thinking, wait a second, what? He's about to pass them by? And um, it kind of reminded me of when um, Jesus said to Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that when your faith, or that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. You know, because even at that point, if I was Peter, I would have been like, Lord, you're not going to let him do that to me, right? You know, but I'm going to tell you something this morning, and I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I've learned more and grown closer to God through my struggles and my heartache than I ever did my blessings. Amen? Amen. And I want to I make sure that you were getting that this morning because I noticed here in verse 49, it says they cried out. You know, because he was about to walk past them, they cried out. And I'm thinking... Oh, now I got it. Now I got it. See, Jesus will always show up right when you need him. Amen? Right when you need him. And now watch this. Verse 51, Mark tells us, Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. Right there it is. The wind died down. See, it doesn't mean you're not going to experience trouble. It simply means you're never alone. In a world full of calamity and distrust, you need to make some room for Jesus in your boat. Amen? You need to make some room for him. Once again, here is the process of seeking that peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. See, peace just doesn't happen. You've got to make some effort on your part. God just can't bless you, and you're going to lay on the couch like a lazy dog and do nothing for it. Amen? There's, there's going to be some effort there. So I'm looking at verse 52. And it says here, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. See, as soon as we set our minds to understanding, the heart begins to soften. And God begins to mold both our hearts and our minds for his purpose and our peace. Amen? For his purpose and our peace. If you walk away today and you understand that the struggles I may be going through is for his purpose and my peace then I've done my job today. Amen. Brent, if you want to come up, we're going to close this thing out. And I, but I, I want to share a story with you and, um, about 
about where God has been taking me over the past four and a half years. And it was, it's kind of um, uh, a little bit of a strange journey. And it's, it's one that, um, you know, I, uh, that I was really reserved in, in sharing. I mean, trust me, everything in my flesh was saying, don't do it, or don't do it, you know. But how many of you know when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you better do it, because he can shut my mouth and he can open it, amen? So about four, four and a half years ago, um, I was at a local establishment here in Tyrone, and I can remember a person saying to me, they said, hey, Latch, as long as we're in power here, you never have to worry about a black guy coming in, and I went, wait, what? And I said, and I'll send another guy says, hey, Ardeen, yeah, as long as we're in power here, you never have to worry about a black guy coming in here. But they didn't use the word black guy. They used a different word. And I'm telling you, it was like I was slugged right in the gut. It was, it was, a, it was a pain that I really didn't feel before. It came, felt like it came from a different area, both my heart and my, and my stomach. So I was like, I'm out. And I walked out and I, and I went home and I prayed. And I prayed, and I said, Lord, I'm not sure what, why I'm so upset right now. What's hurting so bad? Why is this hurting so much? Why did that sting so bad? And, and to be quite honest with you, I never really got an answer. So I began to, it just began to kind of slip to the back of my mind, as many bad things do, you know. But I can tell you that I never went to that establishment again, and those people aren't in power today. But, um, but so fast forward about two years. So this would be about two years ago. I'm praying as well, and, and um, I'm in praise and worship at the house because a lot of times at, at home I'll um, do praise and worship, and um, usually everybody in the house can hear it, and maybe even the neighbors. But uh, but those are those intimate times with God. Whenever He, I hear I hear Him so clearly, you know. But this day I knew He was breaking my heart again for something, and I wasn't sure what it was, and I was begging Him, Lord, just tell me what it is, you know. And I've, I got the overwhelming urge to go to Selma, Alabama, where the, uh, the, the place of um, Bloody Sunday on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of it, but uh, the Bloody Sunday was a, um, a civil rights march, a 54-mile march from Selma, Alabama to the state capitol in Montgomery, Alabama. And the troopers at the time, I think Governor Wallace was probably governor at that time, he ordered the troopers to not let them do this, not let the marchers through. And what happened was 17 of them were sent to the hospital and around 50 had some light, less life-threatening injuries. But these people were just, they were marching for social injustice and civil rights that they were promised. And they just, they weren't getting them. And I was like, I wasn't understanding. I couldn't, I couldn't quite grasp, Lord, what's this have to do with me? What do you want? Why do you want me to get down and prayer walk this bridge? But nonetheless, I was obedient because I have to be. So my wife and I went to Alabama, and we prayer walked the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. And so we came back. Once again, I'm not getting a clear picture. Remember at the beginning of this message I was sharing with you guys? I'm an idiot. I have to, like, beg God to tell me something because that's just how, you know, kind of thick I am. So I'm saying to the Lord, I'm like, you need to show me what you want from me and what you want me to do with this. Where are we going with this? You know, so about four months ago, once again, I'm in prayer, and I'm asking God. I'm like, listen, I want more of you in my life. Amen. we got to pray that for many times. And I just said, yeah, Lord, I need more of you in my life. I want to be a light in this dark world right now. 
What do you want me to do? What can I do for you, Lord? I need more of you and less of me. And just as, as, as sure as anything, God took my brain back to 1998. And that was it. I was at work at water plant. He's given me this vision. It's crazy. But he's given me this vision of being at work and hearing on the news about a man named James Bird Jr., who was hitchhiking one day in Jasper, Texas. And three white men picked this guy up. And so they're driving along, and they talk him into getting out and having a beer. So they're having a beer along the side of the road, back in the woods a little ways, and the one smashes him in the head with a beer bottle. Knock him down, knock him out, chain him, chain his feet, chain his ankles, and chain him to the bumper. And they drag this man for three miles. Three miles. The autopsy and the police reports showed where the skin was just completely ripped from this man's body. And at the mile and a half mark, they determined that he hit a drainage culvert and his shoulder was severed and it decapitated him. They decapitated him. And they still drove another mile and a half and dumped his body in front of a, a cemetery at an all black cemetery. And as we're watching the news, I came on, and Ardeen, being the funny guy he is, big jokester, you know, everything's funny. I said, I said, at least they gave him a ride. At least they gave him a ride. There's nothing funny about that. My friends all laughed about it. Everybody I worked with, I was like, Lord, why did you just show me that? But my heart absolutely broke. I was on my face before God, and, and how many of you know that the great physician, we serve the great physician, I mean, he took his nail-scarred hands, plunged them into my chest, ripped my heart out right in front of me, and trimmed something out of my heart that he needed to take out of my heart that I wasn't even aware it was there. See, it's a thing called systemic racism. And what systemic racism is, it's not, it's not like white power racism, you know, and all that, and um, if you ain't white, you ain't right type of right, like racism. But what it is, is like, like I, was, I was brought up, and this is why I couldn't understand the whole thing four years ago. Like I was brought up with ethnic jokes and everything, you know, even white jokes or whatever. So, but I couldn't understand why it was starting to sting my heart so bad. Well, I believe it's for today that God needs to do something within the church and within his people. There's a, there's revelation coming that, that, that that's going to wake people up to something. I'm not, like I said, I don't quite have a grasp on it yet. All I know is I'm just hanging on for the journey, and I love it because God has taken me. You know, he takes us from glory to glory. He's taken me from peace to peace. Every All the calamity going on in this world and everything going on around us, I swear to you, I, it, it's just I have an overwhelming peace that comes over me. Why? Because I just, God has revealed something. He's deposited something. When he performed that operation on my heart and removed that that, that systemic racism from my heart, I'm telling you, it's, I, I feel like I, I could just float. <laughs> you know, every, every problem I run into now, like at work, once again, I get that aerial view of it. And all of a sudden, the peace that surpasses all understanding comes over me. You know, whenever, I mean, my, my wife loves to watch the news. It's constantly on. I love the Andy Griffith show. But, <laughs> but I'll, I'll hear all the, the issues they're talking about, and I think, man, why do you want that in your head all the time? You know, because it's always issues, always problems. It's always bad news. I don't care whether it's Fox, CNN, MSNBC. It's all bad, it seems like. 
I mean, I, I really miss Walter Cronkite. Probably a lot of you don't know who that was, but all he did was report the news. But, but herein lies the problem. When we begin to think that we control our peace. See, God does that. God does it for his purpose, and it's for our peace. Things are going to happen to you in this world, and you've got to be able to rise above it. And if you can't, God's going to take you, and he's going to perform surgery. Amen? But you have to be ready to receive it. Otherwise, you are not going to have the peace that surpasses all understanding. You will rob yourself on your time on this earth of the peace that God can give you. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody's looking around. We're going to close. Listen, nobody is looking around this morning because this is a very intimate moment between you and God. See, this is that time where your life has been on a collision course with the Savior of the world. If you're finding yourself desiring a deeper relationship with Jesus, then ask him to search those areas of your heart that you're just unable to see. Maybe you're just like Ardeen, you know, and I, I need the Spirit of the Lord to show me what's wrong. If that's you this morning, by simply raising your hand, you're acknowledging, Lord, search my heart. Show me the things that I'm unable to see so I can draw closer to you, that I have a better understanding. Amen. The Lord sees that hand. He sees that hand. By raising that hand, you're acknowledging that you're asking the Lord to prune and to trim your heart and to, to, to clean it up. Maybe you're here this morning and you never really asked Jesus into your life. You're beginning to recognize that life is just too difficult to do without the one who created it all. If that's you, by simply raising your hand, you're saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I know that I am powerless in this world. There's so much hurt and distrust here, and I want a relationship with you that I can trust. And know that from this point on, I will forever be with you. I want that peace that Ardeen was speaking of earlier, Lord. And if you do, just raise your hand this morning. And it's between you and God, and he's given it to you. Amen. He sees those hands. Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your word. And I thank you that your word never returns void. I ask now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, for every person here this morning who raised their hand, and even maybe some of those who didn't, Lord, that, were, that could have possibly been embarrassed to, I pray, Father, that your, your spirit would just be imparted upon him right now. In Jesus' name. Father, that all pride would be stripped from our hearts, that the scales would just fall away. I can hear the chains and the shackles falling away from from the prisoner's feet. Lord, show them this morning. Reveal to those folks who need it exactly what you want so that they can have that peace that surpasses all understanding. For your purpose and for our peace, Lord, I pray for more of you in our lives. As we go from this place today, Father, I, I pray a blessing. Um, of safety and of health are reaching every person here. And that throughout this week, Lord, they would seek your will for their life and know that you are always with them and that you see everything we're going through. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.